We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? What you guys are about to hear now is a show that I do every week throughout the year where I talk about sports betting. For those of you that were familiar in the past, D-Generation Bets was my sports betting podcast and daily fantasy stuff. So this is a Patreon exclusive, but this week I am going to release it on the main feed just because, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to convert you pieces of shit into being pieces of shit like I am and become a legend and join the Patreon and just to see what the Patreon is offering on a weekly basis. So... I have a guest. My guest is Cody from Full Slate, the official betting podcast from Blue Wire. And we are going to run through the week four lines, talk some futures, do some crazy shit, and we're going to play a little head-to-head. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, and let's give you guys some winners. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Go finish. 
finish your meal. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum, a special episode of Veterans Minimum. This is a Patreon exclusive that I'm putting out on the main feed for you guys to just have an idea of what the Patreon offers on a weekly basis. I've got some people hit me up and be like, yo, what's the Patreon about? I want to hear kind of some of the shit that's on there before I pledge some money. So I figured, yo, let me do this. Give this one out free. I got a very special guest, my guy Cody from Full Slate Sports Betting Podcast. My guy, what is going on, bro? Nick, what's going on, buddy? Well, yeah, we were just chatting this this September. It's been a month to remember. With, I mean, we have NFL back in full swing, which we'll hit on today. NBA finals start tonight. We have eight playoff uh, baseball games going on today every hour, March Madness style. So uh, it's sports heaven for us, for us betters. Uh, your former betting podcast, I have to give you credit for it. The Generation uh, Bets is, is a great name. Um, I wish uh, Full Slate is a good one, too. Degeneration also. Um, a lot of a lot of props to you for that one. But yeah, excited to hop into the lines um, and, and kind of get into it here. Just to give you a little backstory, I'm a I'm a big wrestling fan, so I don't know if you remember or even were familiar with Degeneration X, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, all those guys back in the Attitude Era. So it's just kind of like a play on words, and uh, it was cool, man. It was a good run. It was a very very successful show, but we kind of doubled down and uh, put a financial investment in Veterans Minimum, and now we're here. So yeah, exactly, I like it. I like it. Yeah, you were on our podcast at some point during uh, during quarantine. At this point, this entire year, my brain's just mush. Um, but we had a good time on there. And as you said, we're we're kind of the uh, one of the betting podcasts of the Blue Wire Network. My brother and I are over there. So if you want some additional picks outside of Patreon, definitely check us out at Full Slate. Um, but yeah, I mean this this week four. I think last week, looking at the lines and the matchups, week three. We had a lot of great games. Um, week four, I think it's a little bit of a letdown in that sense. But you know what? As a better, with a full slate of NFL games, there's always plenty of action to be had. Week three for me, I can summarize it as heartbreak city. Uh, I was mm. on the wrong end of a couple of backdoor covers between uh, had the Falcons minus three and a half. So that did not work <laughs> out well. And then also, uh, no idea what happened with the Eagles. Um, oh no, my! You just, you just gotta cross them off. The Eagles yeah. for me after Week One, I had them in a tease versus uh, Washington, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I'm I'm just done with this team. Come yeah. come on over to my side, Nick. It's better. Just don't <laughs> touch them. Yeah, dude. You know what it is, man. I usually so I think what you mentioned there about Week One is something. I want to mention just as a, a, a regular talking point. Um, I know there's different situations and circumstances where we go against our rules. Do you have any betting rules for when you approach NFL betting from a standpoint of this is always going to be a stay away for me or a, a tricky situation for me? Unless there's an extreme circumstance. And why I mention that is because I had actually given Washington week one to even play them on the money line as well for a couple of different reasons. One is I do not like taking road favorites in division games. It's just one of my things, I think. And especially in the shitty NFC East as a Giants fan, 
I've seen it many times where Washington is 2-10 and 10 and they go into Philly and they beat them when Philly needs a playoff game. Uh, same way, like the Giants will force Dallas into a one-possession game late. Dallas wins with a field goal, and all my buddies that are Cowboy fans are like, yo, how the hell is this team 4-11? and 11? And they're stressing us out like this. So for me, when you factor in, again, circumstances change everything. The Eagles being without three offensive linemen kind of hobbled that wide receiver. What's the strength of Washington? That front seven generating pass rush. I remember I was on them from a DFS standpoint. They put up like 15 fantasy points, and they were the cheapest defense on the slate. So I know I kind of went off on a little rant there, but Cody, do you have any betting rules when you're approaching games just in general? Uh, I try to I try to stay away at this point. As I said, the Eagles, for me, it's an early kind of cross-off. You mentioned a bad B from last week, the Falcons. I've gotten burned from them a lot over my years betting. Uh, just Matt Ryan, Dan Quinn. They're a great fantasy team, right? Like, everyone has Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. These guys are names you talk about. I don't play Madden anymore, but I imagine they're a fun Madden team. That's a team for me I can try and stay away from. Uh, in terms of betting rules, you mentioned the the road favorites. Uh, sometimes my brother and I test fate with those, but I agree. Generally, it is better to uh, to try and stay away there. Um, but all in all, do I have any like hard and fast rules? I honestly don't. If I like something, I see some stats and trends for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire away, and and we'll see what happens. Um, the other the only other team I historically I've had issues with are the Tennessee Titans. This was more back in the Marcus Mariota days. I think with Tannehill, they've uh, solidified their position as one of the best teams in the AFC. But I just like couldn't figure that team out. Uh, they would score in the craziest ways, special teams touchdowns, offensive touchdowns if I faded them. So again, similar to what I mentioned on the Eagles, that was a team I tried to stay away from, and I'm sure we'll get into it today. But I was very bullish on the Cowboys uh, before the season. Uh, Dak was my MVP pick. I thought, oh, we go from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. This should be a pretty big uh, increase here. And they have so many weapons, right? Um, and I've gotten burned on them uh, week in, week out to start here. Last week, that was probably my worst beat with Seattle driving late. And it's like, okay, well, they're going to cover. They probably, they're not going to hit my money line bet. But then, of course, Russell Wilson, there's that late touchdown to DK. Um, and we, we all know how that goes. So the Cowboys are also kind of a recent cross-off, at least for this week for me. Um, but, yeah, I think, Nick, it's, it's tough week in, week out. I wish I had more of a system, I'll say, but I, I got to be honest with your listeners, I don't. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone is different, right? I have, I have some friends that bet on a very daily basis. Like they bet, you know, they're more – you know, there's a misconception with me where I, I used to be a degenerate gambler. Now I just talk about it. Uh, I bet very rarely. And when I do, um, I'm probably converting like 65%. Mind you, I'm not betting every day. So it's like for me to like drive all the way into New Jersey or or to make a wager of some, because I'm old school, man. Like I love, I love the ticket. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like having the ticket that you could flex on the Instagrams and Twitters that you made the right play or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I have some friends that have some wacky rules, you know, like, uh, they'll, they'll always back elite quarterbacks catching points. And I kind of, I kind of like it too. You know, like my one friend was, 
telling me how in the hell is Green Bay and Kansas City underdogs this past week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but primetime games, I kind of like to not be that heavy on because of the standalone factor, the island game, right? Everybody's watching it. You see a time and time where a team looks really good on Sunday night football, and then you look, their line is inflated. Or on the flip side, a team gets blown out. A, a spot that I've been able to target, Cody, the last couple of years is I guess everyone has a different definition of what you consider an elite team or a good team. When I think a good team gets blown out on prime time, I love to bet them the next week because they're going to be undervalued. No one's going to be on them because of that standalone factor. Do you buy into the standalone factor? Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely do. And I think looking, uh, preparing ahead of talking to you, Nick, I saw the chiefs, they're playing the Pats, right? They come off a big Monday night football victory against the Ravens. They basically shut down Lamar Jackson. They're, I think, seven and a half at Bet Online, uh, the one of the sponsors of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Now the Pats, they they lost the big Sunday night game in kind of heartbreaking fashion to Seattle two weeks ago. Um, and I think if you had followed your strategy last week that was a spot I like the Pats in right because they're coming off that heartbreaking loss the Raiders took care of business in Monday Night Football against the Saints in their home opener there was a short week they're traveling uh, west to east and I like the Pats they took care of business now rolling that forward I think the Chiefs are the team to be in the NFL no doubt about it Mahomes Andy Reid that offense has only gotten better since they won the Super Bowl last year um, but seven and a half, I think, is a lot of points for this Pats team that Cam Newton, one-year deal, he, everyone was kind of like, uh, I don't know, he might be washed up. He has a very incentive-laden contract for one year. I love what he did. He just bet on himself, went played with Bill Belichick. And you look at it now, it's like, uh, I think seven and a half is too many points for that team, right? The Chiefs are definitely inflated off that big win. Um, so that's, I agree. I think you can definitely play that. Uh, factor week in week out um, because we know like quite frankly the public sees one thing one week and the reason so many people have a hard time betting the NFL is because the numbers are so efficient right so if you can try and think about those kind of strategies I think it's a good way to uh, to give yourself a little uh, a better chance to beat the books man that's a hell of a point there about the 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 numbers in the NFL like you know a lot of people think that betting the NFL is easy that it's well it's either they're gonna cover seven or they're gonna win by seven it's like yeah but it's probably one of the hardest um sports to bet on and I think the big reason why is because of turnovers I think turnovers you can't account for that unless you're Daniel Jones where you're just gonna gift wrap teams fucking three turnovers a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, right, we, don't, right. we don't have to, we don't have to get into New York uh, football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a 49ers fan, so it's been nice. They've been able to get right the last two weeks off the Jets and Giants. But I mean, it's crazy how efficient these numbers are, right? Like Monday Night Football, I got burned on the over that Ravens Chiefs game. Uh, Bucker missed an extra point. He missed a field goal. The Chiefs had a chance late in the game to just kick the field goal. They don't do it. I end up losing by a half point. And just back to the point, NFL is king in, in the U.S., right? So it's the most bet on sports. So these numbers are hyper-efficient. Um, so you can do what you can, dig into numbers and the analysis. It's just going into it knowing, like, hey, I'm doing this for a good time. I'll have some good weeks. I'll have some bad weeks and kind of roll with it.
let's open up with week four. Uh, just to recap with everyone, went two and three in week three. Brings our year-to-date record this season against the spread. We're 10 and five. But, but Cody, we are 4-0 and oh on our favorite plays of the week. Oh, wow. Last week, our two wins were Buffalo and New England. Oh, uh, man, Buffalo is a roller coaster. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I had that. So, like, my setup right now where you see me, a little bit off to my left is my TV. My TV, I had red zone. And then on one monitor, I'll have Sunday Ticket, another sponsor of the Blue Wire Network. Shouts to them. I have two games on here, and then I have two games on there. I eventually just turned off Buffalo. I'm like, all right, they're up 28 to three. <laughs> Stay away. So all of a sudden, you hear Jared Goff driving into the red zone to cut it to one score. Like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> so I like that again because of the spot. I love the Rams, the Rams and the Niners, two teams from California, did complete opposite things in week two than in week three. And that was something that I like to look at as well. There's been a trend over the last couple of years, Cody, of when teams are playing double headers out on a certain coast, they just stay out there. So the Niners stayed in the East Coast as opposed to going back. And I thought that was a lot of traveling for the Rams going from Philadelphia, big win on the road, back to L.A., back to Buffalo. I was looking like a genius at one point because I gave away the bills on the alternative spread at plus 185 at minus seven and a half. And at one point I was just like, cause I just thought it was going to be a route and it was looking like that until Buffalo just kind of left their foot off the gas. So Falcons, Eagles and Cowboys were the losses. Our two favorite bets were the Pats minus five and a half at the time we gave out the show. And the Bills at minus one. So let's go ahead and open up with this. I mean, absolutely fantastic Thursday night football game, would you say? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one for the ages, right? You the the Monday night football game we have, Lamar versus Mahomes, and now we have Brett Ripian. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, versus uh, Sam Darnold in, in an absolute toilet ball of a game. So I just want to say one thing. I know the Jets have been bad. I know they look awful. I know Gase is the favorite to be the first coach fired. I find it ridiculous looking at the numbers that a backup QB is a road favorite making his first ever NFL start on Thursday Night Football against a better QB. Am I a Darnold truther? I am. Um, do I have goggles for his talent? I am. Is everything around him horrible? Absolutely. <laughs> but I think if we just take everything into account, I'm not going to say the Jets are one of my favorite picks. I will say that is the preferred side in this situation. Just from a numbers perspective, I think it's kind of ridiculous that this is the circumstance. Now, if they were playing home, Cody, they were in Denver, I'd, I'd be like, yo, you know what? Maybe some Nick Mullins, right? You're a Niners fan. Nick Mullins, famously, that Thursday night football game, stepped in and like lit up uh, the then Oakland Raiders. So that's how I feel about this game. I, I would just be like, uh, just uh, just be careful, spot if you like Denver. Yeah, I 
I have a similar take here, Nick. I kind of is head scratching to me. I think bet online when I was looking at this yesterday, Jets plus one. I'm like, this this makes no sense to me. The Jets are actually pretty good recently as a home dog. They're four and one against the spread. Their last five in this spot. I agree. I got. I actually liked the Jets last week in a teaser that absolutely burned me. But I think I'm willing to test fate here. Is this my lock of the week? Is this one of my five best bets? Absolutely not. But this Broncos team is really banged up. You mentioned they're on Brett Ripien. They're essentially third string uh, quarterback. But Von Miller's out. Um, Cortland Sutton's out. Phil Lindsay's banged up. This team is, I, I kind of liked Denver before the season, but clearly they've not been the same. I think Adam Gase on a short week at home essentially coaching for a job at this point like the the rumors have been put out there if they don't show up this is this is it for him so and this Denver team right they played on Sunday on the west coast or in Denver and now they're gonna have to fly east on a short week I think the Jets are a no-brainer pick here at plus one I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth uh during the 2020 NFL season but here we are um and I, it's it, the line doesn't make sense to me. So maybe Vegas knows something that we don't know about Brett Ripien, but we'll we'll wait and find out uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, as I'm pulling up the Action Network right here, uh, you have 61% of the bets coming in on Denver, while you have close to 85% of the money coming in on the Jets. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Sharps like the Jets. Yeah, like, that, like that, us, Nick. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're <laughs> professionals as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I would, I would lean towards the Jets. Now, there is a scenario, and this is one thing that is stopping me from making this one of my favorite plays of the week, or one of my five picks that I would put in the Super Contest. And for those that don't know, the Super Contest, it was the Westgate Super Contest years back. It was the biggest NFL handicapping contest in the world, over a million-dollar prize to first place. You have to sign up physically in Vegas. It was always a bucket list of mine, Cody. Uh, I know you would, you feel me on this one because we're both degenerates, but it's kind of crazy that uh, a gambling tournament would be on my bucket list, don't you say? I respect it. And and I, I agree, I think, to uh, to be able to actually place in the super contest and our win would be incredible and so like if they had like if they give you five games a week to pick that would be one thing but to have to choose yourself and obviously get a very high percentage of those right is incredibly difficult um so yeah very much agree nick i think super contests for for any any uh big big nfl better uh is is up there on the list but yeah i mean we're so we're in agreement here so far uh jets Thursday night football I mean thank god the NFL allows you to bet on it right just generally speaking like because no one else would watch this game well yeah absolutely I mean the uh, I tell this story all the time how there was a Tampa Bay Bucks and Atlanta Falcons game on Thursday night football a couple years ago and I think it was 42 nothing at halftime and my mom walks by the TV and she tells me why are you watching this and then immediately she goes oh who'd you bet on and who's on your fantasy team so it just goes to show you how the NFL is king. And one of the big reasons why even Adam Silver was so pro betting was because he saw the, the writing on the wall, that there's a lot of money to be had on these games and to get in bed with the DraftKings sportsbooks and the FanDuel's and the William Hills of the world, there's, there's some money to be had. So my last point, and I can't believe we spent this much time on the, the Thursday night football game, but there is a scenario 
and I got sidetracked with the super contest explaining it. One of the reasons why it's not going to be one of my five plays of the week is because there is a scenario, Cody, where the Jets have completely checked out on Adam Gase, which is very, very likely. And they just get the doors blown off them. And it looks bad on primetime. And then Friday morning, Gase is fired. And you have that extra, like, the mini bye week to then get ready for week week five the following week. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely uh, in play here. I just don't see this Denver team being powerful enough to destroy the Jets unless the Jets really are that pathetic, which we'll find out soon enough. But yeah, I'm still willing to to take them here with the points. I was surprised by the line. And I think you get value um, on a team at home. And I agree. I, I'm still kind of a Sam Darnold truther myself. I think he's been in a really bad situation. So uh, eh, hopefully they do get rid of Adam Gase and get someone else in there. This is, game is also low-key huge for the first overall pick. Um, so I think both right, both these teams could cause, could use Trevor Lawrence, it seems like. So we'll see what happens with that. The next game that I have here on the slate is Steelers-Titans. And due to COVID, that's going to be moved. Last I heard as of about 20 minutes ago, it's potentially going to be moved to Monday. Um, with that being said, there's no line on the game. We're just going to skip past that. This next one, Cleveland is a, as I'm using bet online as a source, four and a half point on the dog going into Dallas. I like Cleveland here, but Cleveland for the first time since 2014, I think has won back-to-back games, <laughs> Cody. It's crazy. So crazy. Now I want them to win three games in a row, potentially. Um, give me because I'm a little stumped here I don't have I don't know what to like I feel like this is a game that has the typical what the fuck was I thinking game where you're holding your ticket and you bet either side right whichever side you bet and there's always a game on the slate every week and then it's like 21 nothing with 8 minutes left in the second mm-hmm. quarter and you're like why am I on this side and it's yeah. like not in your favor, is what I was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was uh, my Jets teaser last week for sure. I was like, "What? Why did I do this again?" Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mentioned already the Cowboys are a little bit of a cross-off team for me at this point. Like, I just need at least a week off uh, from them, and I do really like the Browns in the spot. I'm a little surprised the Cowboys are still getting this much love at four and a half. Uh, the Cowboys haven't covered a game yet this year. They're on three against the spread. And the Browns have started to get it together a little bit. They had a very lackluster week one. They got rolled by the Ravens. But I think Kevin Stefanski's kind of figured it out as their new head coach. Just rely on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They have an absolute two-headed monster back there. They're averaging 170 rush yards a game. That's third best in the NFL. I'm not super high on Baker Mayfield, but I think there's enough talent on this team that you all he has to be is like a game manager. I don't think he has to do all that much. The Cowboys defense is terrible. Um, they're allowing about 32 points a game at this point. 
And I think Cleveland's defense, I mean, they have some real playmakers over there. Miles Garrett, he has three sacks on the year, two forced fumbles. He actually leads the NFL in quarterback pressures. Uh, so Dak, Dak has put up numbers so far this year. And, I mean, that's uh, the Browns are going to have to get pressure on him to try and slow down that offense. So I like the Browns a lot here at plus four and a half. And the Cowboys recently, as a favorite, have not been great. They're one in five against the spread the last six there. So I like the Browns plus four and a half here. And I might even take a sneak peek at the money line for them because um, I think the Cowboys are still very public. And I just, uh, I'm not trusting this team as much as I did. So I like the Browns in this spot a lot. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it's very alarming that Dallas has not covered a game yet this year. Um, <laughs> a lot of money and the public, Joes and the pros are on the same side here if you look at the bet and money percentages coming in on this game. And I, it's a, it's a pass for me because I, I want to say I want to be on Cleveland, but again, I want them to do something that they haven't done in a very long time, and that is, you know, win three games in a row potentially um yeah i know yeah. a 24 21 gives me the cover if i'm there on cleveland but i think i would much rather bet them on the money line than to bet them with the points here i think if i was to bet this game taking cleveland at plus 190 i think there's some more value there Juicy. than than yeah. taking them against the spread there uh sort of in that sportsbook zone a four and a half five-ish range if you're looking at bet online so uh kind of a pass for me on that one um all right next one is the saints as a four-point favorite going into detroit coming off a season-saving win and i must say cody a rather shocking win for me against the arizona cardinals they get kenny galladay back and it just seemed like Everybody felt comfortable with him out there. Um, he's a guy who I think needs to be considered as one of the more, this is going to be a, a hot take, but I think he's one of the more valuable wide receivers to his team in the league. I think you could put him up there with Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. Not wow. on a high not praise. On, yeah, man. But because if you look at how they looked the first two weeks, and then you look at how they flowed last week. Yeah. I know Galladay didn't really have seven for 150 and two touchdowns, but the, the idea of him being out there, I think everyone fell back into their role. One issue that you have when you lose a wide receiver of a Devontae Adams or even what's happening in Houston, right? You want now Will Fuller to command the double coverage and the main coverage and the number one corner while still being productive, like some people can't do it. And like Marvin Jones has been a sensational number two wide receiver his whole career. Him to elevate to be the number one, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, so you have a lot of people on the Saints, obviously, just kind of feels like a desperation mode right here. You can't afford to go one and three if you're, if you're the Saints. Uh, how are you feeling about this game? Yeah, the Lions killed me, have killed me twice this year, actually, in different ways. Week one, I liked them a lot in that spot versus the Bears. They had an absolute collapse in the fourth quarter there. And then last week, I loved Arizona. Uh, 
as a teaser play. I think they're about like six and a half point favorites. Got that down to money line, essentially to win. Uh, and, and we all know what happened there. Kyler threw three picks. So their lines are a feisty team here. Getting four points at home, it's interesting. Both teams are one and two. So feels like for the Saints... I mean, they had the the loss on Sunday Night Football versus the Packers where Aaron Rodgers just basically did whatever he wanted. Um, and they're banged up, right? So Michael Thomas, Marcus Davenport, Andres Pete, the offensive lineman, they're all questionable. Um, so it's it's a tough spot for me. And Drew Brees, I'm curious to know what you think here, Nick, but like he looks a little bit washed up at this point. He's less than the NFL in terms of average depth of target. It's only 4.6 yards in attempt. And to put that into perspective, he's the only quarterback averaging less than six yards in attempt. So it's by a wide margin there. Um, but the guy for me for the Saints that's the difference maker is, is uh, Alvin Kamara. He's been great out of the gate. And this Lions rushing defense is, is bad. They've allowed 172 rush yards a game, third most in the NFL. So Saints coming off a loss and Lions coming off a win, kind of what we spoke about earlier. I think relatively you get some more value here than you probably normally would. If Even if the Lions lost last week, I think this number is closer to six. So at four, I like the Saints. And they've been a good road team of late. 7-1 against the spread, their last eight on the road. So I, I like this Saints team. Um, and we'll see if I get burned by Detroit again. Uh, but I, I, do, I do like New Orleans in this spot. Where's your head at? Yeah, and there is some rumblings that they might have Michael Thomas out there yeah. as well, which I think, you know, I mean... It'd be huge. Very similar to... I mean, I put him in that discussion with... Well, I put Kenny Galladay in that discussion <laughs> with Michael Thomas. And yeah. Well, to answer your question about Drew Brees, I had mentioned this to my buddy Alan, how there was... There were five quarterbacks, Cody, over the age of 35 that had fall off a cliff potential this season. Mm. And the five that I highlighted yeah, were Breeze, Brady. Who are the other three? Breeze, Brady, Big Ben, yeah. Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Just from the standpoint of we've seen it in the past where Eli Manning just completely just like becomes mm. super incompetent. Then you had Philip Rivers last year, just completely his, you know, he went from throwing 97 to 88. Sure. sure. So there was, there was a roadmap to one of these guys failing. I'm pretty sure I said it was going to be Drew Brees because, shit, I felt like he was shot last year. And yeah. he kind of fooled people because he had five, six weeks off in the middle of the season with his injury. Yeah. So that's how I feel about drew Brees. i think that this was the, he was the prime pick for that yeah it's it's funny because last year i remember when i was doing uh the pick em podcast with my brother on uh on full slate we I, I threw the take out there and it was a little bit hot takey but i was like are we sh like teddy bridgewater might just be better than drew Brees at this point and teddy bridgewater has looked pretty good for carolina i don't think he lost a start last year with the Saints team and i mean Brees. To even be this good still, I mean, he had the shoulder issues when he, like, originally signed with New Orleans. It's kind of a miracle in that sense. So, I agree. He still has Sean Payton. He has all these weapons. And the if I was a Saints fan, I'd go crazy every time they bring in Taysom Hill. 
it works maybe like one out of every four times, but it seems like it mostly just gets everyone out of rhythm. Uh, so that's always head scratching to me. But moral of the story, I like the Saints here minus four as a road favorite. Always a little bit, a uh, little bit dicey in that sense, but I like them a lot, and I even see them potentially as like a either a teaser play or in in some kind of money line parlay. I think they're I think they're gonna win this week and bounce back. I like it. I like that call. I'm sort of, uh, not sort of, I agree with you on that. I think the Saints here is, I mean, it's, if Drew Brees is the reason why they lose this game, I think you're going to start hearing some rumblings to put in Jameis Winston. Mm, Jameis, give it to me. We all need that. I mean, Josh Allen is, is electric on red zone, but nobody's as good as Jameis. Oh, dude, he's, he's must-watch TV. You got to have a monitor on, yeah. on uh, Jameis Winston for sure. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Listen, the boy got a leg, all right? I could bang some 40-yard field goals, no problem, extra points, cakewalk, go watch the tapes. What's up? Out here, Legatron, you heard? But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined other leagues, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, let's move on over to Minnesota now the line has moved uh, against them. Now they're a five point underdog. This line Cody opened up at minus three and a half for Houston. Houston was sort of a very popular dog team last week from a cover standpoint. And, you know, they were a little, they were a little, uh, they were vibing a bit. They were playing well. You know, there was the big trend of teams. 0 and two going up against two and O and all that stuff in between. A lot of people were on Houston. But over here, uh, I I think it's two teams that are a mess. And this is the ultimate loser leaves town match in the sense that whoever loses this game, I think the hot seat's going to get even hotter for both coaches. And I know that Mike Zimmer is, he just signed an extension. But I think... It's not as hot as Bill O'Brien's seat is because Bill O'Brien's seat's been hot for like two and a half years now. But I do think it's going to start getting warm a little bit for Mike Zimmer. You know, being a defensive guru that he is and being held to a standard, I'm like, I mean, shit, you, you probably know this, how he has a fantastic record against the spread when he's playing in Minnesota, as a, a, just in Minnesota. Like he's yeah. up there with Bill Belichick, which is saying yeah. a lot from a, from a betting standpoint. So I want to say Houston... I'm on Houston here, but I, I just feel so wrong even entertaining the idea of either of these teams. Yeah, this is definitely a stay away for me, but looking at the line, it's it seems very inflated, in my opinion, towards the Texans. Uh, my, my lock of the week last week was the Steelers against this Texans team. They were held scoreless in the second half. I know Minnesota's defense has been really bad so far, but they were feisty against a Titans team that I think is one of the best four or five uh, best teams in the AFC. 
I realize they're on the road here, but it doesn't really make a difference at this point. Um, and Houston just hasn't been good at home recently. They're 3-8 and eight against the spread their last 11. Five is too many. If this was like three, I think I'd probably be on Houston's side or two and a half even, but five is just a lot for a team that hasn't really showed us anything so far this year. I mean, they've had a brutal schedule out of the gate, so maybe there's some of that coming in play here, but uh, it's it's definitely a stay away, but if I have to pick a side, I'm probably going Minnesota just because at, at some point, I mean, <laughs> it just it's too many points for my liking, Nick. Let's move on over to Colts and Bears. Um, line opened up at a pick and then they made Nick Foles the official starter. And now it's moved to Colts minus two and a half. You have 58% of the bets coming in on the Colts, while 53% of the money is coming in on the Bears of Chicago. Um, so it's... Nick Foles season, duh. I mean, obviously that was going to be the case. Um, yeah. To all the people that were sending me tweets after Mitchell Trubisky's one all-pro quarter in week one, uh, <laughs> congratulations, but you played yourself because he got benched. And just because a guy has four great drives, it's not going to eliminate the three years that I've seen of him. So, um yeah, like, dude, last year Trubisky was one of the more heavily wagered MVP picks. Yeah, I think he was the most at the start of the year because that defense this is, is like a sexy pick. Well, that's why Cody Las Vegas looks the way it does because yeah. they capitalize on square betting. Correct. Um, again, I I don't know what to make of this game. This is a this is a week where I'm kind of devastated I have to give out five picks because I only really like I really like three and I'm on the fence on like two. Yeah, it's it is a tough slate this week. I don't think I've ever made money fading Nick Foles, to be honest with you. I think all those Eagles playoff runs, I'm like, there's just no way. There's no way. And he just figures out a way to win. Uh, So it felt apropos that he came in and uh, figured out a way to score like 20 unanswered in the fourth quarter and lead the Bears to a a W there. Uh, Just looking at both sides of the ball, Bears lost Tariq Cohn for the year, which I think is a pretty big loss for that offense. Um and it's crazy that the Bears are undefeated at this point in the year. But here we are. They're 3-0. and And with uh, each league getting an extra wild card team, the Bears are right there in the mix for, for one of those playoff spots for sure. The Colts, to me, it was head-scratching when they signed Phillip Rivers for a $25 million a year contract, the one year. But I was like, he looked absolutely washed last year on the Chargers, and I'm a big Phillip Rivers guy. But I was like, this is kind of sad. Maybe just hang it up and, and hang out with those nine kids. But maybe that's why he did sign another contract, so he doesn't have to deal with that headache just yet. Uh, but the Colts, you got to give them credit. They've really taken care of business the past two weeks. They beat up on the Vikings and the Jets. And the thing is, their defense has been outstanding out of the gate here. They're fifth uh, in defensive DVOA. They force six turnovers. Um, so looking at these teams, I'm actually leaning the Colts again. So as I said, I've never made money fading Nick Foles. So some could say I'm due. Um, 
And I just, again, I'm still not buying this Bears team. Everything seems fluky. The Falcons are terrible. Uh, the Giants, we know, we know where they stand. Um, and and the, the game versus the Lions week one, I mean, I don't know. That seemed like a Matt Patricia special there. So I like the Colts minus two on the road. I'm, I'm rolling with that defense. Um, and I think the Colts just have enough playmakers on offense to get the job done. Um, but definitely this, this line's also a bit of a weird one for me. Yeah, man. A lot of people like betting and backing Nick Foles. Um, he's done, he's done a lot of good things when he's been inserted into this role. Yeah. He's a wizard. Yeah. It seems like it. You know, I, I never was a Nick Foles guy though. I just felt like, you know, there's a reason why he's been on six teams in his career. Um, there's a reason yeah. why he's a journeyman like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to die on this hill, Cody, but they don't win that Super Bowl if it wasn't for Carson Wentz getting them the one seed. I know it looks bad now with Carson Wentz. I know it looks really are, bad. Are you, are you a Carson Wentz uh, defender? Oh, huge, dude. Oh, interesting. Huge. Yeah, I am. And it pains me because... So you're on an island by yourself right now. Oh, the <laughs> island is getting even smaller. Yeah. Um, I, I did say one it's, of my it's sh- vacant besides you. One of one of my strongest takes coming into this year was and I didn't see this coming from Carson Wentz, but I did say the Dak and Carson Wentz debate was gonna move more in favor of Dak Prescott when you look at some of the weapons around him and the situation that Dallas was in as opposed to um what Philadelphia's in. Um sure. I wanna pick up the pace a little bit on some of these games because this podcast could turn into three hours with us just going back and forth with the betting. Yeah, uh, a lot lot to talk about. (laughs) I know we both have kind of a hard out, but all right. Uh, Chargers are seven and a half, seven point underdogs against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, seven and a half. Tampa Bay seems to be um, starting to pick up some momentum. Uh, they still can't figure out what's happening in the backfield, but you have potentially the rookie quarterback going up against what I think is one of the best defenses in the league and an offense that still hasn't really gotten it, right? Like Mike Evans had one of the weirdest stat lines ever last week. It was like two mm-hmm. catches for two yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, efficient. So I, again, I, I do think – Bucks in an eliminator pool could be interesting. Um, That that is what I would prefer as opposed to the spread. But how are you feeling about this one? You have 79% of the bets coming in on the Chargers. Uh, Sorry, sorry. 79% of the money coming in on the Chargers while you have 64% of the bets coming in on Tampa Bay. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the the sharps like the Chargers then, but I'm I'll say I'm a square in this spot. Uh, I like the Bucks a lot. Um, so Chargers lost to the Panthers. Bucks are starting to get their act together a little bit. Um, and there's a seventy percent chance of rain on Sunday in Tampa, which I think favors this Bucks team, and I'll tell you why. So this uh, the Bucks defense they have the third best run defense in the league. Um, and you said it, uh, Justin Herbert, the rookie quarterback on the road. Anthony Lynn has had some pretty weird quotes about Justin Herbert. I think he's largely looked pretty good on a team I had very low expectations for. Tyrod had the very unfortunate incident with uh, the doctor and the shot uh, affecting his lung. But he still hasn't like committed to Herbert. He, he may, may go to Tyrod, whatever it may be there. 
Um, I, I don't like that. I think he's playing head games a little bit with Herbert and doesn't maybe know what he wants. Chargers continue to be uh, one of the most banged up teams week in, week out. Uh, we know Derwin James is out. Uh, they also are potentially without Chris Harris Jr., Nasir Adderley um, in the secondary as well. So, I mean, you have to look at on the buck side of the ball, Godwin's missing this week. And um, so that, that will affect them, of course. But they have other playmakers. They have Tom Brady. I'm buying this defense. So I like the Bucks a lot in this spot. Minus seven and a half. You have the Chargers going west to east. Um, and the Chargers just recently, I mean, they put up an admirable fight against the Chiefs. But I think that Panthers loss was more telling in terms of what they actually are. And if you had bet them their last seven games, you'd be down a good sum of money. They're one five and one against the spread last seven so i'm on the bucks this week minus seven seven and a half i'm i'm actually comfortable with that i think the bucks are going to take care of business here in this spot and kind of continue picking up steam segueing into another uh potential eliminator pool pick and i know double digit road dogs cody we shouldn't be on but there's I can't see the Ravens not just beating the piss out of Washington. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. One of my friends is a diehard Ravens fan, and he texted me on Sunday, so even before the Ravens lost, but he's like, look ahead, lock of the week next week, Ravens at Washington. And that was before what happened. Um, So I, I feel the same way. I mean, Lamar looks really just like, one of the worst games we've seen him play so far. He only threw for 97 yards, and just his general kind of demeanor in the pocket seemed like he was getting frustrated with himself, of course, but like kind of poor body language with his teammates, things like that. So I I think it's it's a short week, so that's something to to think about. But for for Washington, Chase Young hurt his groin last game. Kind of seems like he's up in the air whether he's going to play or not this week, and that defense needs to be at full force if they're going to slow down this Ravens offense. Um, and the thing is, I just don't know that Washington's going to be able to score enough points to potentially cover this spot. Dwayne Haskins is only completing 56% of his passes. I'm not so sure, like, as I said, Niners guy, Alex Smith, uh, I've, I've been a truther of his for a while now. I'm not so sure that Alex Smith wouldn't be better, even though post-injury and all that, because Haskins hasn't really showed me anything. So I love the Ravens in this spot. They're 4-0 against the spread. The last five is a road favorite. I think they just take care of business and kind of get out all their frustration from that Monday night football loss. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Not only is Chase Young out, but Ioannidis, another defensive lineman. Um, they're short to... Um, sorry, d- defensive linemen. So they're short two defensive linemen and two offensive linemen. Uh, this is just, I think, a home run spot here. You have a pissed off Ravens team. Um, listen, man, this is how I feel about Lamar Jackson. Uh, did, did I see him being NFL MVP? No. Did I see him being a wide receiver? No. I saw him as a project quarterback that needed some time. Did, has he shocked me and surprised me? Yes, absolutely. And I'm taking an L on that. However, he is a top five NFL quarterback when he has a lead. Cody, when he is, when they're down 10, it's a wrap. Their offense is not built to come back double digits. Um, Their 
he's not a quarterback to come down double digits. He's just not. And when you're not playing with a lead and you're Lamar Jackson or you're a Lamar Jackson or Ravens fan or truther or better, it gets really ugly. Uh, I was not surprised how that game turned out. The moment that they fell down, I just told my buddies in the first quarter, I was not first quarter in the, in the first half. I was like, yo, this game's over. Like, nah, man, no way. You know, MVP. I'm like, dude, he's just not, he's, he just can't. And yeah, Mark Andrews played probably the worst game he's played since like his college days. Uh, Hollywood Brown didn't help him out. I, I get that. I understand that. But his makeup and his swagger is elite when he could do the, the play action, the RPOs and, uh, and the running around and, and throwing, you know, bombs down the field, but complete polar opposites him and Mahomes right and like people are want that to be a thing I think and I got some heat about this over the summer because I said that they're 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 planets away dude like Mahomes and Lamar are they're not even in the same discussion for me I think it's Mahomes and Russ and then it's like everyone else yeah I agree with that Um, And, and I know that was a tough take to say after winning NFL MVP but He's just a quarterback that when they fall down double digits, I, I kind of think that the game's over. Yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes, like, you get on, like, everyone gets on athletes too much for maybe not coming up big in, in the playoff spot, right? At the end of the day in football, it's one, one and you're done. When he's a rookie versus the Chargers, they got destroyed. Um, and that was still, like, too early. He wasn't really established as a passer. Last year, we saw what happened with the Titans. Like, okay, a lot of turnovers. But, yeah, it was still a weird game. Couldn't get over the hump. Uh, last year versus the Chiefs in Arrowhead, they lost there. He didn't play well either. And on Monday Night Football, it was a huge spot for him, and it just wasn't there. I think Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, their receiving core is not – doesn't seem to be elite, right? So maybe they could use another piece there. I saw some someone on Twitter uh, throw out the Antonio Brown take. I'm not sure they need that headache, but it's it, we still need to see more at Lamar. Bottom line, that that goes without saying that I love the Ravens in the spot. I know, yeah, I kind of regardless, went off on it. Yeah, <laughs> regardless, yeah. minus thirteen. That's like a put put that in put that in straight up put that in a teaser uh that's that's a staple of this sunday and if it doesn't hit then we can have like a we can really revisit this lamar take because there's there's a real issue if they don't play well this sunday ready for the uh hot take clip of the week if it happens i'm gonna be a genius and if it doesn't happen i'm just not gonna post it yeah let's hear it uh rg3 is gonna score a touchdown this week Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I could see a garbage time. Garbage time or even yeah. like a little wildcat inside the red zone. Like they do they do a lot of craziness. Why not? A little revenge there for RG3. Yeah, TBT. yeah, get him that revenge touchdown against his old team. Uh, Cardinals going on the road against the Carolina Panthers. I absolutely love this spot here for Arizona. I love it even more because, again, I think a lot of this has to do with how you feel about certain teams. I think they are a legitimate threat to Seattle's throne in the NFC West. They still have to play each other. The Niners. Come on, man. Well, you come guys. On, need, come on, man. Come on, the, man. Who won the division last year? Fair enough. Fair enough. The The Niners need to get healthy. Is, Absolutely. Is, is Absolutely. the number one main concern. No doubt about it. In this game here, you have 
two teams coming off a shock outcome the week before. And now I think this is the time to bounce on the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals here at minus three and a half. I am making them one of my favorite plays of the week. I'm going to go ahead and make it my favorite play of the week. I like that the Cardinals lost last week and the Panthers won a game in which they were close to a seven-point underdog as well. Uh, If you're the Cardinals, the way Seattle is looking, you have those two games against Seattle and anything can happen when you guys play each other. I like this spot here because if you're looking at the schedule, Seattle's playing Miami, they should win that. So you don't want to fall to two and two. You want to be three and one. And especially with that division, man, like the Rams, I think are surprising people. The Niners are surprising people that they're able to stay afloat. I know they got lucky by beating up on those two shitbag New York teams, but you're, you're talking about, you're talking about all those injuries. You guys shouldn't be two and one. With yeah. the injuries. So, I'm I'm on the Cardinals here. 71% of the bets are coming in on the Cardinals, while 73% of the money is coming in on the Panthers. This is a pros against Joe situation. I seem to be going with the squares on this one. But listen, man, every now and then the squares are right. Correct. Correct. I think we spoke about this earlier, but right, you have Panthers, big win for them. First one of the season. Cardinals, kind of a disappointing loss. Kyler Murray did not look great. I love them in the spot. I'm with you. Panthers, again, no McCaffrey this week. Um, and and you just look at it. It's like this Cardinals team, I also w- I also thought they would be feisty before the year, contend for one of those wild card spots. And if they are going to, they will win this game in Carolina. Um, so at three and a half, I'm, I'm riding with them. They're seven, one and two. Their last 10 against the spread as a road favorite. Uh, some people could be concerned about west to east. Hasn't really been an issue for this team recently. They're four and one against the spread in early kickoffs there. Uh, and I think the Panthers, yes, they they did knock off the Chargers last week, but they struggled in the red zone. Uh, in five of six red zone trips, they had to settle for field goals, which if you had Joey Sly in fantasy, congrats to you. That was a huge hit. But uh, if you're, you're a Panthers fan, you got to convert more of those. So I think that's really where they miss McCaffrey, right, in the red zone. The guy is dynamic as he is. So I'm I'm very much in agreement with you. It's probably a square play, but Cardinals minus three and a half is definitely one of one of my favorite bets of the week as well. Kind of want to pass on this Bengals Jaguars game unless this is one of your plays. Nope. <laughs> Next, I look. I, I really like Joe Burrow, but uh, yeah. I just hope they can keep him upright. That's all See, I have to say about that. Seattle is a. Six-and-a-half-point favorite going into Miami to play the Miami Dolphins. Miami has a little bit extra time to prepare after playing last Thursday. Uh, just seems wrong to pick against Seattle right here. I, I'm going to respectfully disagree, Nick. This, oh. Seattle, this Seattle team, Russell Wilson, it's another level. I mean, he has the entire... He's got the media storyline going for him. He's probably going to win MVP if all goes according to plan, right? Like the whole he's never gotten an MVP vote. Everyone and their mother's talking about that. He's already thrown 14 touchdowns. It should have been 15. DK let him down um, at, at the uh, goal line last week. Um, but it's a lot of points for me and a couple of reasons why. 
Seattle's offense is incredibly dynamic. Chris Carson might miss the game, which is a loss for them, but I think they can overcome it. Uh, but their defense, their pass defense is atrocious. They're allowing uh, a league worst 431 yards, passing yards a week. Um, I know they picked up uh, Adams from the Jets, but still doesn't seem to be clicking for them. They've kind of been saved by turnovers. They have four interceptions on the year, second most in the NFL, now going against Fitzpatrick. Of course, interceptions can always be a little bit of a risk there, but Fitzpatrick's looked good recently, um, and you always kind of get this with him. He's feisty. I like Flores a lot as a head coach in this Dolphins team. They've sneaky been pretty good against the spread the last couple of years, so I think they have extra rest, as you mentioned, 10 days since their Thursday night win. Um, so I'm taking the I'm taking the Dolphins in the spot, plus six and a half. I also really like the over here. It's 54. I think we're going to see a lot of points in this matchup, and the Dolphins are four and one against the spread the last five games. So it's hasn't it's not always sexy with them, but uh, Fitzpatrick just figures out a way to. I mean, I've definitely been on the other side of it where you're up, you're up ten, and it's say uh, Bills, whatever it is, like six and a half, and then here comes Fitz Magic with that late touchdown. So I like uh, I like the Fins in the spot. Hey man, I like it. I like it getting wild a little bit. I, I do agree with you. I, I think from a from a over standpoint. I, I prefer that as well. A lot of nice, interesting pieces yeah. that you guys will probably hear on the DFS show later this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Rams are a 13-point favorite against my New York Giants, and I don't think the line is big enough. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, dude. They're going to get shellacked. Uh, there's nothing that I see in the New York Giants that I am confident in. Aaron Donald is going to commit a mass murder on that offensive <laughs> line this week. And I would be very, very scared if I was Daniel Jones. Um, just not – I know it's a lot of points. I know it. we still don't trust the Rams like we once did. Like if this was two years ago, we'd be like, oh, yeah, let's get on it. But yeah, I think the Rams, the one take that I had on the Rams coming into the year is I like a lot of their pieces. They just have no depth behind them. They yeah. also pay about like – seven guys i think 65 or 70 percent of their salary cap so Mm. they are extremely top heavy so when i'm looking at the rams in this spot here again going back to the same case that i made for the arizona cardinals you kind of need to be you can't be dropping games like this and i think they're going to unleash darrell henderson is going to become a real thing there's a guy that they took high in the draft last year and yeah it sucks for cam Akers, a guy who i like coming out of college but now it just seems like they might have found that guy that they've been looking for, a little bit of a different back from what Todd Gurley was, more of a bruiser, more of a you know, 4-5 guy where this guy lights it up. He had the highest yards per carry of any running back coming out at Memphis. I remember last year I gave him out as a player like 80-1 to 1 for offensive rookie of the year. I was like, oh, wow. there's a roadmap that maybe Gurley's knees are not good and he is shot and it seems like they wanted to run him last year. Um a lot of money coming in on the Rams and a lot of the the bets are coming in on the Rams as well. But, man, I think this is going to be a very popular eliminator pool pick, but I'm on the Rams here heavy, man. Yeah, this is one where it's like the Rams feel so obvious that I almost – and it feels terrible to even give this pick out, but I kind of like the Giants just because, like, how pathetic can they actually be? Like, I think they have to show up. So 13 is a ton. I think Rams are coming off like, I mean, uh, they had the wild comeback. They ended up losing last week to the Bills. 
I think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown in terms of they saw what the 49ers did to this Giants team. I don't know that they'll be as like hyped up to necessarily play after a lot of travel, as we've said. The Giants have sneaky been pretty good on the road of late, 13-3 and three against a, sport, a spread, the last 16 road games. Uh, specifically, their last four is a road dog. They're 4-0. There's nothing I've seen from the Giants that – that makes me like this pick, but it's me maybe too much in my own head being like, well, the Rams seem so obvious here that I actually like the Giants and the points. So is it one of my top plays? No. Is it, it are the Rams a good survivor pick? Yes. Uh, would the Rams be interesting in like a 10 point special teaser? Yes. But at 13, I just think it's too many. Um, I, I have to believe that I still like what I see out of Daniel Jones. I think they need to just like set up more design runs from him, um, honestly, and kind of get him moving around. I think that's when he's most dangerous. Um, so I'm taking the Giants. It makes me a little sick, but plus 13, I'm going to do it. Well, you feel a lot more confident than I do, my friend. I'm already <laughs> watching Clemson games on Saturdays. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. Confidence relative. It's all relative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I think is the fishiest line of the weekend, what I think is the most trap-worthy line of the weekend, it is the Buffalo Bills as three-point favorites going into Vegas to play the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um. Bills coming off an ultra high, being three and zero right now, and people are starting to get on the bandwagon for Buffalo. The Raiders now again, people were not having that many high hopes for the Raiders. Uh, sitting at two and one, rough spot. We both had agreed that the Patriots were the right side last week. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm on the Raiders here, Cody. I'm saying that this is a you hear it all the time in betting the Vegas zone, the sportsbook zone game. And I feel as if this is one that there's always a game on the slate, man, that you, you just should warn people to just be careful. I'm not saying to make a play. This is just a stay away or just pursue a caution. Maybe if you usually bet hundred dollars on games, maybe bet 25 on this one. Yeah. Yeah. This one is, I have gone back and forth in terms of how I feel against the spread with these two because I think so far both these teams have like – the Bills have kind of done what we thought they would do out of the gate. There's a lot of hype for them preseason. Josh Allen was a, a trendy MVP pick. It's kind of lived up to it so far. He's thrown for over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, only one interception. He still makes like a couple of plays a game where you're like, what, what are you doing, man? But makes for very entertaining football. The Raiders on the other side of the coin – I mean, I, I definitely thought they would lose last week versus the Pats. They did, but at this point, they're 2-1, and one, um, and they've put up points, right? So I don't love either side in this one, but I love the over at 52.5. Both these teams have hit the over in all their games so far. This Raiders defense is not good. They're allowing 30 points a game. The Bills offense is averaging about 31 a game, um, and I like I like the Raiders offense too. So I think both teams are going to be able to put up points. We've seen it with the Bills defense. What happened last week versus the Rams a couple weeks prior uh, versus, versus the Dolphins. They were able to move the ball on this defense. So I'm not sure that the Bills defense is quite as great as uh, people thought they would be. Um, so I'm, I'm riding with the over at 52 and a half. And I mean, last week overs hit at a pretty good clip and uh, everything I'm reading Vegas is upping the totals. Um, I think that's kind of a byproduct to the fact that 
there's no home field advantage. So these offensive lines can hear, hear themselves think where maybe previously they couldn't. And uh, I think offenses are putting up a bit more points in that sense. So I'm on the over here at 52 and a half. Dude, you bring up a hell of a point about the Bills defense. If you look at who they played, yeah, they're yeah. going to look good against Miami and the Jets, where the Rams, pretty good offense, above average offense. And they were able to kind of, you know, put up points against this defense. Yeah. So I love, I love that take there on the Bills. Um, we kind of touched, well, you kind of touched on it in the beginning. So I'll just give my thoughts on this one. Chiefs are a seven, uh, seven point favorite. Some places, seven and a half. Obviously, we both prefer the hook, the seven and a half mm. there. Um, playing the New England Patriots with Cam Newton. Um, again, the, uh, I think this is a game in which it's, it's dog or pass for me, Cody. Um, I kind of think it's the Pats here to cover. I don't think New England is going to get blown out because that's not really their nature with Belichick. It's very rare that they do. And I think what New England is going to do is – Run Cam 15 to 20 times. Keep the offense for your best defense is your – well, your best defense is your offense in this situation where if you keep Mahomes and those guys off the field, you kind of saw that's what happened with the Chargers, right? The Chargers were playing a little ball control in week two. Yep. They kept Kansas City on the sideline. That's why they were able to take that game into overtime. So for me, I like the New England Patriots here catching seven points in Kansas City. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Because I know you kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah, I completely agree, Nick. I think they're going to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more and keep Mahomes on the sideline. Last week they ran for 250 yards versus the Raiders. And the Chiefs' rush defense is not great. So I think it's going to be a lot of that um, and trying to just minimize the amount of possessions in the game. So Pat's catching seven, Chiefs on a short week. Um, off a massive Monday night football win. So for all those reasons, I like the Pats. Uh, Philadelphia going up against your San Francisco 49ers, getting seven points on the road in San Francisco. Um, what's the word? Are you guys getting back as a Niners fan? That's why I say you guys. I believe that as fans, we are a part yeah, of the team. We're on the team. I'm one mm -hmm. of those people. So if you want to fight me, I'll send you the address to the UFC gym and we can hit the mats. You know what I'm saying? A little lamb jitsu for you. <laughs> uh, I cannot stop betting on the Eagles. You said for you, it's the Falcons. For me, it's the Eagles. Why do I like the Eagles at seven, man? You got to quit them. Uh, it's, it is a lot of points for a 49ers team that is incredibly banged up. Um, Jimmy G did not practice today. They're still going to be without. I don't know that Kittle's going to play. A lot of this stuff is still up in the air. So it is kind of hard to handicap exactly what we're going to see from the 49ers side and from the Eagles side. They continue to be ravaged by injuries as well. Dallas Goddard, he's out. Alshon Jeffrey still hasn't played. Jalen Rieger's out indefinitely. Um, so I, it's on the Eagles side of the ball. You just, if you're going to bet on them, you're expecting Carson Wentz to bounce back. He's been terrible of late. The last three seasons, he's thrown seven picks a year. Uh, this year he already has six. So it's not been a good start for him as a 49ers guy. I'm of course biased, but I just trust Kyle Shanahan. He's made Nick Mullins look like a really good quarterback. Um, and they still have some weapons. McKinnon's banged up. But even if it's Jeff Olson Jr., 
Shanahan has shown that no matter who the running back is, uh, he can maximize their talent. Um, so 49ers back at home. Sunday night football is my biases kicking in potentially. Eagles are own three against the spread this year, so I'm I'm staying away from them. I don't love this pick, but I would probably still take the Niners here um, just because I'm very down on this Eagles team. You know, if if the Cowboys were three and zero, I would probably be with you. But I think with this division, man, again, I don't know what's happened to this once prideful division. It's terrible. They're, they're only a game back, dude. Yeah, I, I see the light in your eye. You're betting Eagles again. Oh, they're they're one. I have it written down. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go down with the ship. I'm an asshole. I'm a yeah, I'm I an idiot. That. But I respect that. You gotta I go just, down with the ship. I think this is this is if you're Carson Wentz, you need to ball out here because they took Jalen Hurts in the second round. Yeah, I can't believe I'm even bringing this up, but I'm with the Eagles here, man. I think it's back against the wall. You, th- you know what this reminds me of, dude? This reminds me of when they played the Packers last year. Do you remember that game? Eagles uh, Thursday remind, night football. Remind, oh, yes. They, that in, was like the, the best game they played. In Lambeau Field. You know, the Eagles last yeah. year had two impressive wins. That's they a good won, point. They won in Lambeau, and they beat Buffalo like late in the year. That was a, the welcome to the NFL rook Miles Sanders game where he had like over 150 scrimmage yards. They kind of unleashed Miles Sanders. So for me, man, I think this is back against the wall. I really like the Eagles here. I will say this. I think there's merit to betting them on the money line here in this situation, taking them at plus 270 as opposed to taking them to cover because I do think if the Eagles cover, they win kind of situation here is how I'm feeling about this game. Yeah, it is a lot of points for a 49ers team that last week was without 12 of their 22 Super Bowl starters. Um, so, I mean, they're they're kind of patching it together here. Six and a half. I'm biased. Uh, so I think they're going to show up. But I don't – I kind of agree with what you said. I think the Eagles either roll over and, like, the Jalen Hurts uh, buzz meter really starts cooking or they have a little bit of pride and they actually show up after – it was just like a pathetic way to end that game versus the Bengals. Um, so I, I agree with that take, actually. If you are going to take the Eagles, the money line is a more enticing option. Last game on the slate, we got the Falcons going into Green Bay 0-3 against <laughs> 0-4. God almighty, what a shit show. Uh, it would be cool to see both Adams and Julio play this week just from a – uh, just a football fan, teams, yeah. fantasy as well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, a lot of firepower on the field from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I want to say that I like the total here more than I like the side, and the total sits at 57 and a Crazy. half. It's like a Big 12 game. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of points. It's the highest on the entire week four slate. It's a lot of fantasy goodness. It's a lot of showdown goodness in DFS. With that being said, man, I I don't want to bet the Packers, but I also don't want to bet the Falcons. So yeah. I'm going to take a pass and say I like the over here. Yeah, yeah, the over sounds like the most fun choice here. This this Falcons seems coming off two like historic 
losses. Uh, Field Yates tweeted this one out. Over the last 20 seasons, no team has blown multiple 15-point fourth-quarter leads in a single season. Uh, the Falcons did it back-to-back weeks. So this is like a team coming off historically awful losses. I kind of like them in the spot. I mentioned I don't really touch them anymore. I'm probably not going to bet on this game. Um, but seven and a half is a lot. And you think about it, they're, they're own three. Dan Quinn at this point, it's his seat is getting hot. Um, and the Packers have been really impressive. And the point we spoke about, um, they, they're coming off a big primetime win over the Saints. Rodgers has looked incredible. I didn't, I didn't really think he had this uh, in him still, but it seems like the Jordan Love draft pick is also a little fire under his body. It's nine touchdowns, no picks so far. I just think the Falcons need to come out and play well. I think this one's going to be high scoring. 57 and a half is a lot of points, but uh, so that one I'm not as bullish on, but I think the Falcons, they're, they've been decent actually against the spread on the road of late. They're five and now uh, their last five road games against the spread. So I'm taking them. I feel a little sick about it, but I, they, they just have to show up to play. There's, there's no, no two ways about it. Let's go ahead and give out our five picks that we would put in the sports uh, super contest. I should say, um, Cody, you're the man. Thank you for, uh, shooting this shit with me, man. Uh, I love talking sports betting. It's uh, something I've always been super passionate about, so I respect your time. Uh, I'll lead us off with my five plays. I got the Saints minus four. I got the Ravens minus 13. Cardinals minus three and a half, my favorite play of the week. I got the Rams minus 13. And I got the Eagles plus seven against your San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Yeah, I respect it. I respect it. Um... I like a lot of those picks. We're going to have some overlap. Um, I like the Saints minus four in that game versus the Lions. I'm with you on the Cardinals minus three and a half. I think I just think they're going to bounce back in a big way in that one. Uh, the Bucks at home versus the Chargers, still like TBD, whether that's Herbert or Tyrod. Um, I like them minus seven and a half. I have them at. my. I think this is my favorite play of the week. Uh, Bills Raiders over 52 and a half. You said it each side. It's like, uh, I'm not really sure what we're going to get. I think we're going to get a lot of points. So I love that. And my last pick, I'm going to go with the Pats plus seven um, in Kansas City. Always a little scary going against Mahomes, but I think they're going to control the clock in that one. So those are my five plays. Cody, you're the man. Thank you for joining us, man. Um I just said man twice in the same <clears throat> in the same sentence. No uh, where can they find you, dude, and tell them a little bit more about uh, Full Slate? Yeah, thanks, Nick. This has been a great time. Very much appreciate the uh, the invite. Always always happy to hop on, talk gambling. But, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Full Slate Cody, so F-U-L-L-S-L-A-T-E-C-O-D-Y. Um, and, yeah, my brother and I, we've been cranking at Full Slate for a couple years now uh, so you can go ahead and follow us on twitter as well at full slate pod and we do during the nfl season we do uh, a weekly pick em podcast that typically will drop thursday morning and we do a sunday scariest podcast every sunday night drops monday morning talking about the week that was uh some of our bad beats uh sunday scariest moment whatever that may be so give us a follow we also work in a lot of interviews with uh, some esteemed blue wire colleagues uh, like yourself, Nick. So definitely check that out. 
Big ups to the members of the Patreon. Orvica, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Christopher Velasquez, Ryan Pisner, and uh, Christopher Velasquez. Uh, thank you all for your monthly contributions <clears throat> to the show. And again, this is a Patreon exclusive. Just putting it out on the main feed. You guys can get this episode for the rest of the football season. Just uh, $1 a month could help the show grow. And for $5 a month, you get a lot of extra shit on there. So go and check it out. And I will catch you guys next time. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. The wait is finally over. Football is back. Though you might not be able to go to a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on this season with their opening bonus today. And start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's one word, all one word, Blue Wire. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.